Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise of You podcast. I am your host, Natalina. Thank you for joining me today. Happy to be here. We are here to serve you, stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self, and really be awakened to the incredible life that you have and that you can continue to build. Through speaking with experts, authors, and amazing individuals throughout the world, we are here to share a message, bring you empowerment, inspiration, and strategies that you can implement today. Our focus is on the whole human being. So research shows that the happiest people in the world, the most fulfilled countries in the world, are the ones that make the time to nurture and build their relationships, money, self-worth, career, love, and health. We call those the six pillars to a prosperous life. And when we feel great within us as the whole and complete person, then and only then can we create the positive change around us. So welcome to the podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to have Elise Blum on the show with us today. She is a strategic connector and networker. She's going to talk with us about connections. It's that simple. How to build thriving connections, how to build relationships professionally and personally that are going to help you leverage your business, how to ensure that you're networking the right way and not just wasting your time going to random events, grabbing onto random cards, but really building something that can go somewhere, nurturing your relationships and building connections that will last and benefit both you and the other person. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Elise, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guests. So in your own words, tell us about yourself and what it is that you do. Awesome. Well, like you said, my name is Elise Bloom. And what I really believe is that what all people are looking for are deeper, more meaningful relationships, um, both personally and professionally. And where my work comes into play is I help people learn how to have more or how to have kind of those deeper, more meaningful relationships and conversations, specifically on a professional level um, by, by way of networking. And so I teach people how to be strategic networkers so that they actually feel like the time and energy and, and finances and all the different components that go into networking are being used and ultimately that the people are seeing results from that because I think that's what's missing a lot from networking is one, feeling good about it when you're doing it um, and two, seeing results. And so at the end of the day, I call myself a networking coach and consultant so tell us a little bit about the journey of how you got there, because I, we always like to ask, you know, how did you get to where you are today? How did you get into this field specifically of um, teaching, you know, etiquette um, for networking? So what's your what's your journey and story behind that? Yeah. So, I mean, if you look back at just who I was, even as a little girl, um, I was always someone who wanted to interact with people. And I'll tell people stories of when I was really young, like I'm talking three or four years old, my parents were really big proponents of traveling. And so we would be in airports and I have siblings and, you know, they would be reading or playing Game Boy, um, which kind of tells you my age. But 
I would kind of sneak off and go up to total random strangers, interact with them, ask them somewhat personal and inappropriate questions, but really was just trying to connect with people. And, you know, a couple seconds into the conversation, I would feel a tug on my shoulder, realizing it was my parents. They would apologize to the people that I had, you know, some random little girl was talking to them and I would have to go back to my seat and, you know, what I would consider to be boring, which was like reading or just sitting there and coloring. Hmm. And so I share that story just to say that, you know, I think my desire to connect with people and really learn about people has, has been an inherent part of who I am since forever. Um, and, you know, as I got older, I, I studied at the University of Colorado Boulder, and my major was international relations, and I went on to live in Washington, D.C., where I was a recruiter for a big law firm, and ultimately didn't really want to live in D.C. forever, so I ended up back in Denver, Colorado, which is where, I'm, where I was born and raised, working for the Canadian consulate here. And again, I, I landed a job that really involved people, just like recruiting in D.C. did. Um, and at the consulate, my job was to help Canadian companies break into the Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, or Utah market, essentially, which was just like high-level networking and right, helping those companies and those individuals make connections and get on the ground and, and do all that kind of stuff. But day after day, I just wasn't really fulfilled. I never felt like I was really tapping into my gifts or into the, the, the passion that I had for people. And so about four and a half years ago, I, I had left the consulate. Um, I found a coaching program. I did a one-year coaching training program through an organization called IPEC, became a certified coach, and started a business and realized that calling myself a professional coach was not going to cut it. I needed to niche the business. And when I, again, kind of looked back at who I was and what I've always been passionate about, it's all around networking, connecting with people, talking, communication, et cetera. And that's how I came to networking. And ultimately I realized that, you know, everyone in our world is told in one way or another that if you want to be successful, you have to network. And yet the irony is that we're not really taught how to network. You know, even the people that go to the best business schools um, in America, they are you know, encouraged highly to do a lot of social interaction, but they're not taught how to network. Um, and so I felt, I felt like coaching and consulting around networking was a real uh, open spot in the market, um, but also just something that really spoke to who, I, what, who I've always been and what I've always been really passionate about. So talk to us a little bit. You said, you know, no one's really taught, but so many of us are out there doing it, trying to figure it out. So I would love to talk about two things today. I would love to just go over some, you know, general etiquette for networking. And then I also want to talk about how to be strategic about it so that you actually get benefit from it, you know, both ways, but not only professionally, but personally as well. Because at the end of the day, we can network all we want, but if we're not strategic, then we're going to end up going home with no connection. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I can talk to both of those things. I mean, I think the etiquette piece, what you mentioned first, you know, I could go, I could go into, I could talk about this with you for days. Um, but really what I think it boils down to is, you know, kind of like that golden rule of just treating people and their time, how you would want to be treated. Um, I'm a big person about time and I believe that time is the one thing that we can never give back to somebody. And in networking, time is a huge component, right? Of whether you're being strategic or not. So, 
you know, first and foremost, I think some just ground rules for good networking are confirming if you're going to have like a one-on-one conversation or coffee meeting or, or events, just confirming the day in advance that it's still going to happen that both parties or all parties are still on board. Um, I'm a big proponent of, you know, showing up on time is almost that idea of you're showing up late. So being early, um, always have something to take notes on. I think that there's no better way to show someone that you're actually present and listening to them than taking notes Uh, I know we live in a very digital world and many people take notes on a tablet or a computer and that's fine, but just letting the person know that that's why you have your computer out. You're not scrolling on on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, And even better, you know, putting your phone or your tablet away and just going old school and writing actual notes. We know it's better for the brain. We know we retain more information. And that leads into the the really critical piece of networking of following up. Hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to go to events. It's wonderful to meet people. It's wonderful to hand out and take cards. But if we don't do anything with that information, then it's kind of a huge waste of time. And I even encourage my clients, I say, if you're not ready to commit to the following up piece of networking, then maybe you should just like hold off from networking at all right now. Um, because we know fortune is in the follow-up and that's where you're really going to start to see those results. Hmm. I'm happy to talk more about etiquette if you want, but I'll, I'll stop there for now um, and see if you have any other like specific questions about etiquette for me. Well, I think that um, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about the follow-up. Like what, what would you say are the golden rules to following up? Because yeah. Yeah, you're right. We collect these cards and then sometimes they just end up sitting on our desk for weeks. Yeah. When's a good follow-up time? How many times should we follow up? Yeah. Great question. So again, following up, it really depends on, I mean, regardless if you're at, meeting someone one-to-one at, you know, coffee, or you went to a conference, excuse me, or you um, are going to a large event, uh, follow-up starts before you even get there. And what I mean by that is having a plan, having a goal of why are you there? How are you spending your time? Right? So that you know, at the end, my goal was to meet this many people or to feel this amount of confidence or whatever it is. And then at the end, you know, like, I'm going to follow up by doing X, Y, and Z. What I always do and encourage my clients to do is, again, regardless if it's a one-on-one coffee, a conference, whatever type of quote-unquote networking it is, go into your calendar. You've likely already marked off in your calendar that you're going to be spending that time networking. When you do that, I always suggest to people to, like, within 24 to 48 hours to put another um, event in their calendar as follow up, right? Because oftentimes we go to these events or we get these cards. And like you said, they just sit on our desk or we get overwhelmed or we get back to the other important things in our life and we forget. Mm. And so many times people are like, wow, I, I really wanted to reach out, but now it's been two weeks and I feel weird or it's been three months. And like, what am I going to say now? Right. So if you do yourself the favor of putting in that additional reminder Again, I like to think of keeping and following up right away for 24 to 48 48 hours is really appropriate and really shows the person that you're interested. Um, Do yourself a favor and just put a reminder in your calendar so you don't have to do it after the event when you're tired. The other tip I give about, like, especially handing out cards is, you know, always asking someone if they want your card. I can't stand when people just kind of force a card into my hand. And I immediately am so turned off by that. So 
kind of remembering back to the etiquette of like following up and, and reconnecting and wanting to connect with people, giving people that option. So it's just saying, would it be okay if I gave you my card or, or would it be okay if we followed up? And something I really suggest that clients do is in that moment, if the person says, yes, of course, is asking them, what's the best way that you prefer to follow, be followed up with? Are you, do you prefer email? Do you prefer text? Do you prefer a call? Do you prefer LinkedIn message? Give that person the opportunity to share what, how they communicate best. And only that not only shows them that like you care about them and how, you know, you're really in that mindset of like, how can I serve you? But you're also doing yourself a favor by like setting the odds up that this person is actually going to respond to you and continue the conversation. If you communicate with them, how they like to be communicated with. Mm. Yeah. And it's a really easy thing to say and ask people that many people just, you know, kind of skip or don't think about. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so what a question of how often to follow up. I mean, that really depends on again your goals and the people or the person you're connecting with. But you know, we know if you are in sales, if you're a business, if you're working to create a brand, if you're looking to take a lead and convert it to a client. There's multiple different studies, but they all kind of say that, you know, you have to have between eight to 12 touch points with someone before there's a real conversion. Now, again, that's just, you know, basic numbers. And a lot of people say networking is a numbers game, but I think that again, going back to your calendar and putting in reminders, like, wow, I really connected with this person. We're going to have a follow-up call or a follow-up copy. And then like, go ahead and do yourself a favor and put in a couple other reminders. Or if you use a CRM system, use that to your advantage and have it remind you to follow up or connect with that person. You know, I would say every, you know, once a quarter at minimum, and it doesn't need to be in person. It could be sending an article or a blog that might be of interest to them, inviting them to an event. Maybe it's connecting them to someone else in your existing network that where both of those parties could really benefit from meeting each other. Mm. Um, and again, I could go on and on with examples, but I'll stop there and see if, if I'm on the right track of giving you the information you're looking for. No, no, I think that's, I think that's great. I'd love to learn about how to be a little bit more strategic in the networking so that you um, are actually feeling like you benefited from going out spending money, you know, all those things that, that go hand in hand with meeting people. Yeah. So, I mean, being strategic to me means a couple things. One, it means that you are willing to try on a mindset of the following. What can I do for someone else? How can I serve someone else? Not only what am I going to get out of this? And why I say that's the first and most kind of important part of being a strategic networker is because so often, right, we're so focused on our own needs and our own desires and how someone's going to help us or how this event's going to be good for me. And when we do that, we go in with a really closed-minded, somewhat egocentric, selfish mindset. And that's also a lot of where people put pressure on themselves to feel like they have to perform and come across as this expert or this professional, or they have the perfect elevator pitch. When if we go in with the mindset of just helping or serving one other person and just getting to know them on a human level, a lot of that pressure and stress and overwhelm really dissipates mm. and we end up feeling more confident and successful and helping someone. And likely then, right, if we're in that mindset of helping someone else, the conversation will turn and the person will ask us like, well, what could I do to help you? 
So I'm not saying being strategic is only about having a mindset of helping others. It is about knowing what others can do to help you and advance your career or your business or, or whatever it is you're working on in terms of networking. Um, and so it is also knowing, right, how to advocate for yourself and being prepared. That's a big part of being strategic is being prepared when the questions come to you, you know, what, how, what can I do to help you or who can I introduce you to is instead of saying, oh, I don't know, I'll think about it or, wow, I'm not sure, you know, being prepared if someone offers, give them, I say it's like a gift that you're giving them the opportunity to support you. Being strategic really means that you're being very specific, right? So saying, you know, I'm just looking to connect with anyone in business. I mean, that's, that's anyone on the street, right? Like that's not helpful to people. But if you say, you know, I'm really looking to connect with women who are, you know, in their mid careers, maybe they're in their second or third career. They're in that, that mid manager level and they work in healthcare and they work on, you know, really, you know, X, Y, or Z, or I'm looking to connect with, you know, anyone who's in the tech world, specifically at companies with employees of over this many employees, you know, in these cities, Hmm. like narrowing it down for people really enables that person to then quickly start going through their mental Rolodex. And if they can't do it on the spot, that's when you can also follow up with them and say, gosh, you're so great. Here's how I'm going to help you. As a reminder, thanks for your offer to help me. Here's really what I'm looking for. And it helps people narrow down how to actually help you rather than just giving kind of a blanket statement. Mm. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Th- thank you so much for sharing all of these tips. I know that um, our audience is constantly getting out there and and you know, this is something that we forget. It might not be new, but it might be something that we forget. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and start by asking you, what's one book that you've read that's had an impact on you that you would like to share with us? Yeah. So I would say the book that really jumpstarted me in, in this business was The Go-Giver. Are you familiar with that book? No, I'm not. I saw it, but I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. It's a really easy read. It's more of a story than a lot of hard data and research and facts. And so I tell people that if they're not huge on on reading, um, and it's a story of essentially like a traditional sales guy who's having a hard time hitting his numbers. And he goes through this kind of journey of meeting five individuals that teach him kind of these both business and just life lessons on, you know, relationships and connecting to people and what makes someone want to follow up with you and what makes someone stand out and be memorable. Mm. So I really love that book because I think it, it goes in line with that mindset I was talking about of showing up and thinking about putting others needs first, not just your own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also like it because I think people can relate to it from any industry, from any background and, you know, there's a lot of good takeaways, um, especially for people who are looking to have a transition in their career and especially for people who are starting a business or who are in business and are feeling a little bit, um, you know, like they're not, they're not having the momentum that they necessarily want. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's one value that you constantly stick by? Um, I would go back to the value of honoring time. I'm, again, I just, I can't, when, when someone, whether it's intentional or unintentional, kind of stands me up or, or is late, 
it just, it really strikes a chord with me. And again, I, it's, it's from a belief that time is just something you cannot give back to someone. And so I am not perfect. Of course, I'm late. I live in a city where the traffic is terrible now. And, you know, even if you leave 30 minutes early, you could still be late. But it's just being mindful of communicating. So if you're going to be late um, or if you can't make it for whatever reason, just communicate that. Um, but if you if you can do your best, you know, try and be a couple minutes early. I think showing up for someone and saying like, wow, like your time is just as valuable as mine is a really brilliant and beautiful way to, to start a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and lastly, we always like to ask if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it our golden nugget. What would that be? I think it would just be that it would be two things. It's two kind of messages in one. It's, it's the idea. I think that most of the people I work with, and these are high level executives and CEOs, they're struggling like everyone else with their confidence. And the message I would leave to people is that each of us has a light within us that is beautiful and brilliant and that the world needs to see and hear and that we all add value so long as we believe it ourselves. Mm. So once you can start to really acknowledge that you, you know, have worth and that you're valuable and that you belong in the same room with everyone else, everyone else will start to not only see your value, but you'll really be able to recognize the value that other people are bringing to the room as well. Absolutely. And as you know, we're the company rise up for you. What comes to mind when you hear that? I guess just a similar notion comes up for me of, you know, just, you know, individually, like we can motivate ourselves to rise up, but, but it's a lot better to do it in a communal setting and to lean on each other. And, you know, however one thinks of rising up can be, can be so different. But for me, it's just the idea of, I guess, going back to that mindset, that's really become a mantra for me in the business of, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help get you to the next level? Mm. And, you know, and not, not just like monetarily or a title or a label, but just how can I help you feel more confident and more worthy than, than how you felt a year ago, 10 minutes ago, five seconds ago, etc. Yes. Elise, thank you so much for, for joining today. I'd love to ask you, how do we stay connected and how do we support you? Yeah. Well, thank you for reaching out. Um, definitely stay connected with me. Um, you know, you can go to my website, which is just my name. So it's www.alycebb as in boy, lum.com and sign up for, for my free ebook, which will put you on my email list. Um, I don't email very often. I only email two times a month in their blogs. And I really find that these blogs are really powerful because one, one time a month that the blog focuses on a networking tool or a strategy. And the other time the network, the blog focuses on someone, it's a series that I've called meet my network. And I highlight someone in my network who I think is just really kind of epitomizes a go-giver, right? Someone who is there to help and be of service to others and really epitomizes a great networker. Mm. So that's one way. And then, you know, following me on, I'm really active on social media. I am going to be um, slightly taking a, a minimal break in, in the coming weeks as I'm having a baby here in about one month. Oh, yay. But I will still be present and, 
yeah, those are some good ways to stay connected with me. Wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining. It was really an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com, and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly, and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow. Tomorrow.